This is a podcast from Rep Sounds, from Dundee Rep and Scottish Dance Theatre. Hello and welcome to Rep Sounds. This is episode eight of our behind the scenes podcast at Dundee Rep and Scottish Dance Theatre. My name is Andrew Panton. I'm artistic director here at Dundee Rep and I'm joined today by company members and Dundee Rep and Scottish Dance Theatre members who are working on a production of the Steamy. I'm joined today by Ewan Donald, Becky Hope Palmer, Amelia Newton, Iron McDougall, Tanashi Warikandwa and Brian Gallagher. I'm going to start that's by asking uh, everyone just to kind of see who they are and also just a tiny snapshot of what you do on this production because we've got a nice wide range of different departments today. So I'm going to start on my left with Brian. Hi, I'm Brian. I'm the deputy stage manager on the show and this is my first time working for Dundee Rep. Um, my job involves being in the rehearsal room with all the actors, noting down all their blocking, reminding them of their blocking, <laughs> prompting them, telling them they're blocking again once they've had the line and need reminding. Phoning them and asking where Phoning they are. them where they are, um, asking them what they're having for lunch. And then my role kind of takes a whole different thing during production week so I coordinate with all the creative team and create the prompt copy with all the lighting, sound, fly cues, anything that the production demands and then I make that show happen every night with the actors and the technical team around me. Invaluable. It sounds to me like Brian you are the show. <laughs> I'm not sure we need anybody else sitting <laughs> in this team. I mean the like, title should just be... just do a one-man version of the Absolutely. The title should be Brian Gallagher as the steamy. <laughs> well, funnily enough, if you seen out front, we have actually made that change today. I'm going to keep moving around. Becky, tell us a little How bit. How to follow that. Um, I'm Becky O'Palmer and I'm the director of the steamy. And my job entails um, working with the acting company to bring this uh, piece of theatre to life um, and collaborating with them to make decisions about character and about staging. Um, and then, um, yeah, making that all come together with my creative team um, and the amazing creative team that have kind of added beautiful lights and sound and movement and music. Um, and then um, and then I get to sit back and just watch it happen around me for a bit and, and note the occasional thing, but it's quite pleasant. And um, I really enjoy watching it grow and change into something else. And Irene's looking at me as if, yes, that's what I do now. But yes, I love doing that. I love watching it all come to life and you kind of own it after I'm gone. So yeah, I'm, I'm sad to leave it, but I'll be happy to pass it over to my beautiful cast and crew. Well, that was incredibly diplomatic because as we all know as directors <laughs> what actually happens during previews you have to sit on your hands and go why are you doing it like that? Why are you doing that? And you actually it's the one point you have no control anymore because you cannot real time know once they're, once they're up and running. Yeah but, yeah but I actually had quite a nice time on Saturday night. It was quite, I actually allowed myself to enjoy it a little bit as well as 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 sitting on my hands. Saturday night was our first preview, wasn't it? So first it time was. with an audience. I was lucky enough to see the show then as well, which was mm -hmm. fantastic. It was um, a wild night. It needs to be with an audience, this one, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. It Yeah, we went from having pretty much no one in the audience for our dress, the dress rehearsals, to 400 people laughing throughout, which was really fun and, yeah, enjoyable to watch. A, a bit scary, but quite fun as well. Tanashi, was it fun for you, Saturday night? Yeah, it was very scary. Um, but it was good. It was very interesting. It was very, you know, you can think about how it's going to go and doesn't go your way. You know, it, it was interesting to see which part the audience would enjoy more and it was not what I was expecting. So, yeah, it was good. It was fun. <laughs> I should have said, uh, you, you, you're, you're a cast member in the show, aren't you? Sorry, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I'm Tanashi. I'm yeah. a cast member in the yeah. show. I 
play Doreen, I get given lines and I say them out loud like I, <laughs> like uh, they're my words. And, and Brian, the DSM, tells you how to do it, basically, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's... Lots he's, of line readings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very yeah, much let's, so. Let's keep going around. Another cast member, you and Donald. Um, also Ewan, a member of our ensemble. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Member of Tom, you and member of Tom playing Andy, and I do. Um, yeah, I say the lines, and I'm trying an accent in this one as well. Uh, so it's helpful to have a few people from Glasgow in the in the team, like Brian and Gary. And I'm just I'm looking at Brian there, and Brian um, is that is Brian calls me Angel, which I really <laughs> love. So thanks. How you doing this morning, Angel? That's what he says. Angel or Cherub? Cherub. I prefer Angel. Thanks. But I just want to say, um, Saturday was brilliant and uh, it was pretty raucous. And, but it was kind of febrile, wasn't it? It was kind of like the audience were like, come on. And um, it felt like I was in, like it was a, like a, live, a sitcom live studio audience. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 And it was just like, because you just didn't, you know, that's what it felt like. It felt, because it... it when they laughed, it slowed things down, and then you kind of had to get back on pace again. And in the four scenes that I'm in, you know, because I just swan in and do my the four my pivotal scenes, pivotal yeah, scenes, yeah. essential scenes. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it felt like to me. And Irene, you know, as another member of the ensemble, um, I caught Irene off guard there because I didn't go quite in order like like no, she thought I was going to do. That was me. That's because the next person was very special. But um, as a as a as an ensemble member who's been there since the beginning, you know this theatre and know this audience, you know better than any of us, I would say. So. What was Saturday night for you? Because it did, that's a really good analogy, the, the, the live studio audience. There's an ownership of it that says, I am going to react however I want, whenever I want, which of course is what we want. But you don't always get that. Well, I think the weird thing was that, I mean, when, when you're rehearsing a play like this, which has, um, it is so important in the hearts of so many people, mm-hmm. uh, you, you're rehearsing in silence in a way, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a sense mm-hmm. that in the rehearsal room, and timings don't always feel right and you don't understand why and it's just irritating and blah, blah, all those things. Then you get in front of an audience and you're right, it does slow you down, but it slows you down at the right places, mm. which you weren't ex- which actually you realise works for the timing of things. Um, so in, fun- in many ways, I found it easier to play in front of an audience than I did to play in front of, a, in front of no audience mm. because suddenly there seemed to be the right um, speed of everything, yeah. mm. whereas before it felt like we were rushing things, or I don't know. Mm. That that's kind of how I felt. And also, I was talking to Joe, uh, who's a uh, a member of the company, who's in it, member of the company playing Dolly, and she was talking to someone who knows the play really, really well. And she was very nervous, and she was talking to this friend of hers, and and he said, "I don't quite know why you're nervous. Audiences absolutely love this play. Mm. They love it." Mm. I had a friend text me that came to see it, and he says, "You know." Oh, that there's a great production, and I've seen loads over 15 years, and you go, wow, like there's been a lot over mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. And so people have real ownership of this, and yeah. they, they just want to have a good time. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And there are some some moments in it, I mean, no, no spoilers for anyone who doesn't know the piece, but the character you play, Ivy, Mrs. Cofeathers, gets one of the kind of iconic, um, let's say, sequences um, in the show, <laughs> isn't it? Did, did that, was that something you were aware of when you were embracing the part or was it just something you kind of took in your stride well I didn't know it really didn't know the piece mm. so um, but, but everyone told me how iconic it was <laughs> <laughs> which actually so I stopped calling it um, the mince bit 
I called it something else because I've got I started to get cross with everyone talking about how iconic it was. Because actually what happens is you get the fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But actually, yeah. you know, it it worked fine on Saturday night, yeah. so that was good. <laughs> you said to me, didn't you, Andrew? You said, Oh, are you learning you remember you phoned me up one day and you said, Oh, oh you're learning mince, that's one of my favourite bits. I just thought, I mean, Becky approaching a piece like this that is so loved, and of course this is the 35th anniversary of the piece, how do you go about that? Do you observe everything that's gone before? Do you deep dive research? Or do you actually say, you know what, I need to do my production? Or is it somewhere in the middle? How how do you go about that? Sort of somewhere in the middle. I, I, I tried not to to think too much I, I mean I, I've watched the the filmed version before I have seen that um so I kind of had an awareness of that but I'd never seen it on stage before um so actually being warned before Saturday night how raucous it was going to be was quite nice because I really did not expect it to be so loud so it was quite amazing but um but yeah I, I did I did do quite a bit of research but mainly about the about Glasgow and about the era and about the time um and I read a couple of kind of interviews with with Tony Roper and and people just to kind of get a sense of how the relevance of it when it was written as well um but yeah I think I I think whenever I I kind of attack a play that has got a kind of that comes with a a a reputation or, or a weight to it I try very hard not to kind of um it be influenced by other productions too much just so that it kind of becomes our own as well and I think it I think also once we get in a room together and we talk about it together that's when I really start to understand for us what it will be um so yeah I did a bit of I did I did quite a bit of research into the time so that we could then build the world um but I tried very hard to kind of avoid too much of other productions yeah you spoke brilliantly I think in the Scotsman interview um that that I read about the the resonances of the period in which it's written Mm. uh, sorry the periods it's about also when it was written, yes. which was retrospectively, and then also now coming out of a very particular period for humanity. Can you say a little bit about that? Because I loved reading that. Uh, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, I think I suppose when we were kind of talking about why we think the play is relevant now and, and presumably part of the reason why you programmed it is to do with community and about bringing people back together after a time of, of hardship or trouble. And it, it feels very much like that's similar to now what we've been going through with the pandemic and that we missed for such a long time we missed that um we missed that community and and we tried very hard to find it in different ways I think during the pandemic because there was such uncertainty and such isolation so yeah it feels very similar to the the time in the 50s when the war had happened and of course it is a little you know it was about five years since the war but you know when we were when we were rehearsing we were talking about how these women have all been affected by that in different ways and their husbands or their you know their kids or whatever and how they you know how they've gone through that as well so it felt difficult to ignore as as you know at the the mirroring between the two times definitely I think you could feel that kind of release in the audience on on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Where I was sitting at the back. Going back to the a little, a little bit what you were saying about the sort of responsibility of, as a responsibility of putting on any play, but mm. something that's so kind of knitted into Scottish culture. I think, funnily enough, it, I'm the kind of opposite as a kind of actor. I like to, I'll just try and like steal things from everyone. <laughs> so I'll just watch everything and do everything and read all the like. Because I just I'm not talented enough to even 
pull anything off myself. So I'll just kind of like a magpie, I'll just go around and sort of like have a bit of that, have a bit and make it my own. So like I, I just tried to read all the interviews and I spoke to someone that was in it, I spoke to two people who were in it. Because just to get a kind of pitch of where it is, because it's really hard to kind of like pitch it and you know we talked about it and everything but just from my own head just to sort of pitch where this what the world that this kind of belongs to it's a world that I'm not familiar with that you know even from when it was written you know being just a young boy to when it was actually 1987 1986 yeah. to back to 1951 but so. it's also the style it's written <coughs> yeah. as well so it's not just about the story of the steamy mm. It's about the style it's written, and so it's written with that kind of, you know, so there are set pieces. Yes. I was terribly aware of that, I mean, throughout rehearsal, but really aware of that on Saturday night. Yeah. Here comes the bit about that. Yes. Here comes the bit mm -hmm. about that. And they know that that's going to go from one mm. set piece to another with mm. a few little linking bits mm. in, which is very musical, very, mm. uh, very Scottish, very Glasgow mm. um, musical. And that became really clear to me mm -hmm. on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And so I think it does make it quite difficult during a rehearsal. To, to, you're right, to kind of know what kind of animal it is. You don't really know what that animal is until you're in front of an audience. The, the interesting about the set pieces, because Becky and I were talking about this, I've talked about it a few times, and it is very musical kind of thing. You're in a scene, you're in dialogue, and then suddenly there's a breath to go... And you start, it's almost like you're going into the front cloth scene. It's, yeah. that, it's almost that kind of That's feeling, exactly isn't what it? It's like. You take a breath. Yeah. But what I felt on Saturday night was the audience taking that breath with you. Yeah. And so much so that the, 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 the two brilliant women sitting in front of me, both with their carryouts, I might add. Sort of <laughs> I, 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 meant, I meant to mention that to our lovely front of house staff. But at the time, they were enjoying themselves so much, I didn't even do the tap on the shoulder. Far be it from me to, <laughs> to, you know, to enjoy the fun. But uh, when it came to um, the, the, the formerly mentioned mince section, uh, and, and as the breath started, she turned to her pal and she went, here we go. <laughs> and I just thought, that is so brilliant. Either she knows the scripture or she's been waiting for it all night. Yeah. So either way, yeah. it's totally brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah. D yeah. Just on that, just funnily enough, when I first read it, I went, oh, yeah, probably cut some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like going, this goes on for ages. What is this all about? But, and I, I, yeah. I, I said to my mum and dad about it, oh, the mince, oh, yeah, no. And it was like, you know, don't, you, well, you can't touch that anyway. But like, I, just, yeah. I didn't understand it. I didn't yeah. like when I was reading it. I was like, "God, it's banging on about this." But actually, when <laughs> you see it uh, unfold, it's it's just it's brilliant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So did you text Tony and say, it's "Banging on a bit," but actually, <laughs> I think this could work if we I get. I thought you're really good in rap scenes, but though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being off stage and and hearing the laughter and seeing people have a good time, kind of just was really kind of heartwarming as well. Just that, you just, I remember just like smiling at, at the sidelines, because you know, was, yeah, and you forget the kind of, just the value of entertainment and, and giving people a good night. It's just so important. And people going away going, oh, it was great, you know. And I heard people as I left and stuff. Yeah. It, was, it was just great hearing people laugh. I'm gonna just key in on that, people leaving and their reactions. Um, Amelia, you are one of our, you're like, I was gonna say first defense, but your first engagement, so the visitor <laughs> services team, first <laughs> team, you're right, I imagine you right there, yeah. right on the kind of line at the front, you're the first faces, you're the first people we hear on the phone, you are the, the face and the voice of the rep. Um, you and your colleagues, not you, not but you, you, and your, you and your colleagues. Yeah. What, but what you do is, is, is help us to know how we're doing, both in terms of what people say they want to see, but also the reactions to what they do come and see. 
Um, how does that feel? And also give us a bit of an insight into your sense of Saturday night and, and what your thoughts were. Yeah, so um, I at the theatre, I kind of oversee front of house and box office. Um, I'm one of an amazing team uh, of people that do that. And I think specifically with this production, as we've kind of touched on already, it's an audience favourite. You know, it's very much people know what they're coming to. Um, and and if they don't, they'll soon find out. <laughs> um, and it's a play that I think really taps into the kind of classic audience that we kind of want, that we want the comedy, we want the, you know, we want loads of people to come and see it. It was like full on Saturday. And I think it's just, there's just so much positivity in the room. And I think as well, because we've been closed over the summer um, for some planned maintenance uh, and refurbishment of our toilet facilities, it was great to just have people in the building again. And we reopened on Saturday morning and immediately had that full preview on Saturday night. Um, and, yeah, it's just that sense of excitement of having people back, coming to a show they love and having a great night, like what Ewan just said. It's that value of entertainment and really giving people what they want when they come here. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's brilliant. It's such an important role in terms of the whole fabric of, of what we do. You mentioned our toilets there. <laughs> Can you say... Uh, now, people spend That's more... That's why I'm here, Andrew. It's the, <laughs> it's the toilet. It's talk about the toilets. I mean, I suppose I've... Oh, I, I think it's my fifth year at the Rep. I may have talked about that subject more than any other people. <laughs> Everybody has an opinion. Okay, the work is the work, yeah? The, the shows that we're doing, pieces of dance, pieces of theatre, everyone has an opinion on toilets and bar, the two kind of, like, yeah. common things. What have we done to our toilets? Because it's quite exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Give us a bit of an overview. Yeah, so... Um, We've got two sets of toilets downstairs and upstairs in the front of house area. Um, so with some amazing work um, from our development team securing a hell of a lot of funding um, and facilities in terms of project managing that, um, we've ripped out our old toilets um, and put in some really brand new state-of-the-art uh, new toilet cubicles. Upstairs, I don't know how how much I can big this up. But I want the state of the art. That's what I want. Upstairs, there's mirrors um, in them. There's mirrors. There's mirrors in the cubicles. You, um, <laughs> you spend hours just looking at yourself. <laughs> you walk in and there you are. It's just yeah. Um, upstairs, we've got individual toilet facilities as well. Um, and some of my colleagues on Saturday were saying uh, that they'd taken feedback from people that said we've never had to queue for so little time. <laughs> So wow. if that's not a five-star review, I don't know what it is. But, um, yeah, and we've also got um, a really highly accessible um, changing places toilet upstairs as well. Um, so, yeah, we're really catering for absolutely everybody. Thankfully on a show that involves a lot of running water. That's it. So it could, have been, say, it could yeah. have been the wrong and show. And carry-outs. And carry-outs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect timing. I'll, I'll tell you what, when we revive Smile uh, in the beginning of next year, this is going to be really important because yes. there was a lot of our audience coming in with double pints of lager. So yeah. this is going to be a really important yeah. feature. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in terms of um, the reaction so far, you, you feel it's been a really positive one. Just had our first preview, mm -hmm. and this is the Monday opening week. We're going to open on Thursday, so we've got a few more days. What what happens now? What happens now before we kind of open to the viewers on, on Thursday? I I'm asking that, I think, to everyone, to get everyone's perspective on it, because it's a different kind of journey now, different part of the process for everyone. 
I think from my perspective, it's it, having an audience in is was the final piece in knowing how the play works. So now we have that, um, we can kind of adjust accordingly to little moments, seeing what worked, what what we need to kind of do more of, um, and yeah, just checking that that all works with them. I mean, it was it was incredibly helpful to see it for the first time on Saturday night with an audience. So yeah, we've got a couple of days just to refine and and. Um, for for press and then yeah then we're ready to go so i'm looking forward to yeah seeing if if we can make it even more um brilliant for them and their reactions often with comedy we talk about the audience being the missing character don't yeah. we and they are the missing scene partner sometimes to get the rhythm back yeah. is what you were talking about before i mean, you, you just don't know yeah. where it's gonna be i know you've got a thought on this oh, I can see it. <laughs> there's something because uh, andy and mrs Cofeathers have got this kind of odd sort of relationship where um, and it sort of came alive on Saturday when she, I think it was when you said about uh, we were talking about the phone and I says a phone in here uh-huh. and he says oh and then you go and everyone just went oh yeah. like all at once yeah. and I was like all right <laughs> cut, to, cut to that moment being double the length at the next period yeah. <laughs> I just didn't expect that I was like oh that's interesting yeah. mm. it feels like that's kind of the, the next bit in discovery is that mm. with, with mm. an audience that be fair I think that, uh, for me that certainly was very much a missing uh, thing it made, it made so much more sense on Saturday some of it and as I say it felt easier to time I don't think what you can do though is necessarily rely on play it, it yeah. Yeah. for all that. I mean, one of the things that I think we've all thought really hard for. I was going to sound like such a boring, earnest actor now, but anyway, is to find the truth of these people, because if you don't play the truth of them, then it's not funny. I don't think they've they've got to be real people, and I think so. So although it was brilliant, I don't think you can kind of think oh, that's always going to get a laugh, so therefore... Yeah, yeah. I think you, you've just got to keep on... And I think that will be the fun of it, actually, is mm. every audience will be different. And so you have to be on your toes. You can't mm. think, oh, I always get a laugh for this. If you don't get a laugh, you've got to be prepared mm. to move on really quickly or, or prepared mm. to stop. All those things. So timing is something which continues all the way through because, as you said, Andrew, that other character affects the, of the audience affects the timing of things. So yeah, and they're different every night. Every night. That's the that's the beautiful thing. Yeah. Like theatre, that 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 missing character is yeah. completely different in the yeah. way they respond. And we're different every night as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, true. Absolutely. I'm going to switch tacks a bit, and I'm going to uh, open open out to everyone. Uh, to see if you've got any questions for other departments around the table. I have a question. Um, I I mean I, I think from a box office and perhaps a marketing point of view with the steamy is that it's a very iconic and well-known production and it's a kind of title that people know as part of our you know titles and revival season but i'm interested to hear that a few of you guys weren't really that familiar with the play so is there an extra expectation to be delivering this like so-called iconic piece of scottish theater when you don't really know it at the start of the process Yes, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Uh, that's going back to what I said about, <clears throat> you know, leaving no stone unturned. I just kind of do that anyway, just kind of pretty curious that way. But uh, yeah, there is because you kind of, uh, yeah, I, I want to kind of go, go into it kind of well informed mm-hmm. and kind of go, what is this world really? Because it's, 
I, can't, I think it sits by itself as uh, a piece of theatre in Scottish theatre. There's, there's not. It's pretty unique the way audiences see it, the way kind of it's it's yeah. held up there. So it's kind of on its own, I think, in a kind of league of its own, and and that's quite kind of magical, but it's also quite a little bit scary if you're part of it and you're like, mm. oh, right, okay, I need to get this right because there's so much expectation towards it. I think. Yeah, um, I think the iconic thing is quite scary actually and, and I mean I think uh, Ewan's right in the sense that you kind of need as much I don't know info as possible just to mm-hmm. because you don't know what that is and you feel a tremendous sense of responsibility you actually feel the weight of it a little bit actually mm. to be honest mm. that which um, at times was a bit scary I have to say yeah. <laughs> um, but it was really interesting because I, at one point I remember uh, one night going having a chat with my dad and um, during rehearsals and I sat and I'd cooked his tea one night and we were sitting chatting and I said, just tell me what it was like when you were a kid, because he was brought up in Glasgow and, um, you know, in a, in a two-room, ter- you know, tenement. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and his mum went to the steamy, uh, the White Inch steamy, which is mentioned in, mm-hmm. in, in this. And the first thing he said, of course, White Inch, um, uh, they're really good baths, which is what I, mm. I say mm-hmm. at one point. And... Um, you know, and he sort of talked about the fact that he didn't really go and help his mum, but what he did do was walk with her and then he would go to the bath as a, as a boy and he kind of said that he was cleaner than anyone else in the family. And suddenly the whole comp- the whole evening became about what it was like then and mm-hmm. that yeah. was quite important, yeah. do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, yeah. you know, like when I spoke to him yesterday, he was kind of sort of saying, I was saying, you know, you need to tell me when you want to come and he said, yeah, he said, I remember the prams. <laughs> from, you know, because uh, they all, whim- all, you know, you see it in the posters. All yeah. the women with prams, or you know, cobbled together prams and things like that. So there is definitely mm. a sense of kind of huge nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. About mm. that time, not only for the play, but for that time. So you've got a responsibility not only towards the play, but also towards people's memory. Yeah, representing mm. that. Representing that time. Yeah. So it feels like a double whammy. Yeah, you can't underestimate that nostalgia, yeah. can you? Because it's really people not. really kind of hold on to that. Yeah. You know, my parents yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, the nostalgia is quite huge, I think. Yeah. And I think um, <laughs> when I think of how my dad was brought up in Glasgow, <laughs> To my mind, doesn't sound very good or even mm. very healthy, mm. and yet he remembers it incredibly fondly. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, there's they're that all squashed ar- into two rooms. There's that yeah, argument yeah. in the play itself yeah. between mystical feathers and, and, and Dorian. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I have a little fun fact. So my mum told me on Saturday that her friend Moira shouted to Moira. It's <laughs> her mum on the poster. On the left, that's her mum. Wow. That's a picture in the Edinburgh scene. Is she one paid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, so, is there any so, payment involved? Uh, <laughs> not that I know of, not that I know of. I don't know if she's going to come. I hope she comes to see it. But yeah, her mum's in wow, the poster. That's amazing. I know. I mean, get, get, wow. underneath yeah. them. get out of the end. Yeah. I feel like... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Myra from the poster. <laughs> Myra's mum. I'll hold the poster. I mean, I think one of the most important things as well is, that, you know, we think of the Glasgow steamies and everything, but there were steamies all yeah. over Britain. Yeah. yeah. All over Britain. If you yeah. look at pictures of Hull, looks at pictures, pictures of Manchester. Yeah, well, they we watched those videos, didn't we? Yeah, the yeah. videos we watched of the, yeah. the yeah, London ones. Yeah, there's lots of good stuff on YouTube about yeah, it. Yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. So, this, yeah, steamies everywhere. It's nearly time to wrap up this episode of Rep Sounds, but before we do, I'd just like to go around the table very quickly and just with one hope or aspiration for this 
piece, this show, when we open it officially this week? Something for you, something for our audience, something, whatever you feel, just a hope or an aspiration. Um, a West End transfer would be nice. <laughs> Shout out to any Australia. London producers who want to take the steaming to anywhere in London. I, I, I hope as many um, new like new new audiences that have never seen the steamy come to it and understand the, the the history of it and kind of they get something out of it that is um, that they can own as well. I think I'd love that for for this production that there's people that have never experienced it before come to see it and enjoy it. I hope to get all my lines right every night. Um, yeah. I will attest to that. Yeah. yeah, me too. I've not got that many lines, but you know, I, I missed a couple of beats on on Saturday. But no, I, I kind of. It's one of those. I think it's a, of all the shows I've done over the years and, and this theatre as well and the, the, each of them are unique And but I think this is especially unique and I just don't want it to pass me by and I want to just to, just enjoy it in the moment because I think it's it's just it's pretty unique to be part of so I, I really just yeah I'm just up for just enjoying it yep and I hope the audiences love it as well I think they will yeah this is going to sound like a cop-out, but mine was basically what Becky said. Oh, sorry. Um, so, yeah, I think from an audience development point of view, there's a lot of potential for people that aren't perhaps regular theatre goers or haven't experienced that world before. Um, and it's a very sort of generational play. You know, you might get families bringing their children or their parents. And so you kind of tap into that in terms of people coming to the theatre that might not have otherwise. Um, so I hope that this brings with it a new audience or a returning audience who absolutely love the title. Um, and just for everyone to really love the show um, and love their experience here at the Rep. I just want to keep enjoying myself and I just hope the audience keep on enjoying themselves. And check out the toilets if you're here. Yeah, <laughs> they are, just check them out, they're really good. Yeah, the <laughs> um, well, what, what a joy to spend a, a Monday morning with, uh, with all these fabulous people making this brilliant show. Um, I did see it on Saturday. It's going to be a, a brilliant production when it officially opens this week. Um, but that's all for this episode of Rep Sounds. Um, just to end by thanking, um, I guess, you and Donald, Becky Hope Palmer, Amelia Newton, Irene McDougall and Tanashi Warakandwa and of course Brian Gallagher who actually is the most important person in the room and tells us all <laughs> what Angel. to do. Um, thank you very much um, and see you back at the rep very soon. <laughs>